Welcome to Shotgun Story, the podcast that has conversations with indie creators about music, meaning, and the point of it all, so that you may be inspired by the journeys of other artists who are doing it for themselves, and maybe gain a little more understanding as to why it matters quite so much that you keep creating. Cinemarine is a Johannesburg-based singer-songwriter who is interested in the clumsiness of feeling, fight, and body. And she's in studio with me today. Hi, Sina. Hi. <laughs> Thank you for coming in. Thank you for having me. Your relationship with music. Full-time, part-time, or it's complicated? <laughs> I want to say it's not complicated, but of course it's complicated because it is my full-time occupation, but I have to supplement it with other jobs in order to pursue it and still pay rent and I don't know go to the dentist every now and then <laughs> it's an age-old story hey yeah uh, music qualifications or self-taught self-taught I would have loved to go to music school and I ended up going to study fine art instead. I didn't know what I needed to do to get in and it felt very inaccessible to me at that point in time mm. in my musical journey. Yeah. yeah, there were so many things I could have done actually, but kind of exciting to have taken this route as well and learned from people. And have you found as yet that it's held you back at all? Not having a qualification. Mm. Yeah, there definitely has been a, a transition since I've taken music more seriously and sort of started to record and those sort of things. I, I did take a few lessons with uh, Becky Koza at some point on guitar, and I mean, he's a wizard on guitar. Mm. I don't know quite what I was thinking because I had so much to learn before even going to him, but he was wonderful in sharing ideas and teaching me and it gave me a sense of what I don't know. And that was quite hard to fathom. It was a little disheartening at some point. And um, just realizing, like, wow, there's this world of theory that, I don't know if you'd agree, that there's this uh, discrepancy between how people who aren't qualified, so mm -hmm. to speak, how they might perceive of theory as something that might stifle the creative process or that's something mm -hmm. I kind of have come across, um, especially from the songwriter canon of. Mm. The more I've learned, and also from the people that are in my band and that I play with, the more I've realized it's really just a language, and uh, it is an endless language that you can learn, and then you can communicate very quickly and um, more complex ideas to some extent. Yeah. But even a little bit of the language helps you communicate a feeling or um, get the mood right for something, so... Yeah, it only holds me back if I'm unwilling to keep engaging, but I don't really feel I need to go to an institution to learn, though it would be nice because it's very facilitated and uh, yeah, one day yeah, it would be nice. I'd love to. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it would be nice with that whole money thing and uh, being exactly. a musician. <laughs> and time. <laughs> right. Your early influences. My early influences. How early? Who were you listening to at the beginning? At the beginning. I mean, I wrote my first song at seven or so. And I wonder who I was listening to then. Maybe uh, Tracy Chapman, definitely. Um, I think there was a time when I couldn't tell the difference between my dad and Bob Dylan <laughs> in their songs. 
Um, I think, you know, my dad played every night when I went to sleep. So he was also a huge influence in, in becoming a songwriter. Was your dad a professional musician? He was in some bands and um, he performed in Down the Icebergs a while back. And I think there was a time in my life where he took it very seriously. But this idea of professionalism, I don't know, I guess, no, he, he wouldn't call himself one um, and isn't anymore. And uh, having children also, I guess he adapted to that. But he played a lot, you know, it's a very big part of his life. What made you want to pursue music? These are all the big questions. I don't know if there was ever a time where I didn't want to pursue music. You know, even as a high school student, I remember getting my friend to join me and we wrote this song and um, went and performed at the, the talent show thing and uh, we didn't make it in at all. Um, but I think I've always wanted to share the songs that I write and even since I was quite small, always just humming melodies and things. So. So that's sort of the short answer. But um, there was a moment where I decided I want to prioritize music. And I think that was a, a different feeling to just wanting to, to do it. It's funny because it's quite a, like quite a vulnerable or personal thing. It's like that essence or why do you do something? Yeah, exactly. It's, I mean, it's the most important question. Yeah. Mm. And yet I'm not sure I actually have the, the words to say it out loud, you know, why... Maybe I'm still figuring out. Maybe it's an obsession. <laughs> But at this point in time, I just don't want to not do it. That is a great reason to do something. <laughs> Highlights of your music career so far? Oh my goodness, yeah. I mean, it's just, even just the idea of like a music career is like fresh to my ears. Um, <laughs> it's really being able to collaborate with the people that I've come to collaborate with and mm. to to share that with people, to be, I don't know, that was always, um, that unlocked a lot for me because mm. it felt like such a solo journey at some point. And then I started playing with Ryan Schultz, who composes with me a lot of the music and um, produces and plays and writes. And yeah, I think being able to take it seriously with somebody else, that sort of serious play, And sort of coming to meet people who are keen to do that and ready to put the time into it and just also loved it. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, that's probably the highlight and continues to be always like, oh my goodness, this person. That's beautiful. <laughs> so you've just released your first EP, I suggest, last year, year before? Mm, March the 5th. Yeah, March last year. March the 5th, 2022. 2022. You released The first EP. <laughs> yeah. Label or independent? Independent. And going forward, what would be your intention to keep releasing independently or do you have ideas of working with labels? I'm trying to research a lot of this and find out, you know, I think the right kind of representation can do a lot for an artist. But at this point, I've got so much to learn along the way and the last thing I'd want is to be with a label that... I don't get to do what I'm already doing now. So, yeah. Okay, so you have been performing live a fair amount. How do you find and turn out at shows? And I know you've also just recently come back from London. So I'm interested to know the difference in turnout between Johannesburg, Cape Town, London. It's something that I thought about a lot on my flight home. Because the turnout, I mean, one of the shows was a new artist showcase night on a 
Monday night and it was really well attended. You know, people had all bought tickets and it was this really still audience and um, I was, you know, surprised that that could happen. But a lot of the perception when I got home, there's a certain idealism that people have around sort of London or international spaces and I, I don't know enough to know how rooted that is, but I do think the the density in London makes for a different level of demand on these spaces and I think that that can sometimes can be overlooked and it means that people, I mean to my brief time in London, uh, it meant it was likely that things would be booked out, even just trying to book tickets. It was hard for me to book because things were sold out three months in advance and people are thinking where they're going to go. And when there's so many people, of course, the demand is going to be higher and the attendance as well. I think we have so much choice in Joburg. Or, um, I've also performed in Cape Town, but you know, there's a lot of places you can go out and um, experience something different. Sometimes we just uh, disperse our audiences and that's a big challenge. I'm not sure, you know, what we as artists and people creating shows and wanting our music to be heard in the right spaces can do about that. But I think people are willing to show up. Mm. So it's just creating a relationship as well with our audiences. They can anticipate to some extent what they might get. At least for me, that's something I want to try, sort of create experiences where people that they're glad they picked this over something else, you know, and that they could pick something else if this isn't what they want for the evening. Yeah. So just being able to communicate that and sort of put a little bit more effort into creating a sense of what the show might be like. Beautiful. <laughs> I look forward to seeing what comes out of that. In the old days, we'd hand out flyers and we'd put up posters and we'd do real on-the-ground work to get people at the shows. And these days it's obviously social media and you've got to have followers and you are sending out these event oh, invites. Yeah. And oh, it feels so soulless. <laughs> what do you find works? Nothing. No, <laughs> no it's exhausting. I, I don't know. I do the Instagram thing a little bit, not very well. Try to post a little something every now and then. But it's weird to be uh, classified a content creator. I'm not really that. Um, mm. So Instagram feels like the tool kind of shapes me in that way. Um, and that's frustrating because now I'm thinking of, you know, the amount of words that will be good to fit on an Instagram post and not really, like it's a nice challenge, but uh, it's not really what I want to spend my time doing. So it's tough to say. That said, I do have some ideas that I've been thinking of more recently mm -hmm. um, and that that excites me. And one is just an email list. I don't know. We'll see if it, if it happens. <laughs> so back in the day, yeah. <laughs> um, there was an artist that I used to go watch in Cape Town and what he used to do, and then this is not a bad idea at all, what he used to do is, oh, and this is also before music was free, um, <laughs> he used to, during his set, say, I have an email list, and if you put your name down on the email list, I'm going to send you a free song. That's nice. Which is nice, because the fact of the matter is, is that algorithms do not support indie artists. You don't own any of that information, or any of your fans, not you own anyone, but you know what I mean, is like, you have no access to them. So the algorithms decide, and if they don't decide in your favor, 
even the people who like you and want to follow you and want to know what you're doing, your content gets hidden from them. Mm -hmm. So it can feel super frustrating. And I think you are right. And I think that a mailing list should be one of your top priorities. Mm -hmm. I think it will be quite fun. I like to write a little a little bit more as well sometimes so I'm thinking maybe I can it doesn't have to be something frequent because some people are genuinely curious to that extent you know and I think they'd they'd enjoy that sort of thing and the the longer form is more patient I feel like I can express more accurately and it feels like a more constructive practice for me as well to describe so great idea (laughs) yeah and it's a space that you can be vulnerable in Mm. I'm going to ask a question that I normally leave for the end, but because we're talking about it now, if somebody wants to sign up to a mailing list, how would they? Right, so by the time this comes out, email list ready. Yes, exactly. (laughs) Note to self. Note to self, get that email list ready. Um, But yeah, I would love to. Do you have a website? I do have a website, cinemarie.com. So now what you're going to do when you Uh, finish this interview, uh you are going to sign up to MailChimp. Right, and MailChimp will enable you to link your website and create a subscription form so that people can go onto your website and then little box that says join my mailing list and it will put their email addresses straight into your MailChimp and then you can write an email that goes to all the people who subscribe. You can add people in MailChimp as well. I think you should do that. Okay. Okay. No, it's important. No, it is. It is. It's on that to-do list. And mm-hmm. it, I, um, that's a great idea. Okay. <laughs> okay, good. As you're getting to grip with the music business sides of the music, because they're, they're two different beasts. The music is one thing, and the business is something darker. <laughs> <laughs> much, much. <laughs> what is your um, literacy of it like? I mean, this is bringing to mind our coffee date, which was so special, by the way. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> I'm glad we could do that. A time where I also, you know, meeting with people who've done it before and have seen what, you know, what you need to do and just do this and do and try that. And it's all this belief that, they, you know, you kind of get to take in and um, use it. And that's how I feel about the business. Like, goodness, you just have to, it just gnaws at the self-belief over and over it's like but should i do this submission should i put it on samuro who would want to steal my songs anyway Mm. (laughs) but i need to do a little bit more of it it's on you know it's on my to-do list (laughs) (laughs) this to-do list is epic i tell you (laughs) so most of what you know about the business stuff then is from talking to people is there anywhere that you go to for information Besides other humans. Well, I listened to your podcast about Sampra. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Very informative. <laughs> I guess there's this thing for me about the business aspect of music that I'm wary of, where mm-hmm. I feel like if I try to organize past the point of um, necessary organization, it's like the music should ne- necessitate mm. the business relation and business is a broad term for just the choice to share it Mm -hmm. and how to do that and how to be valued for that preferably enough to live and keep doing it so as things feel like they have enough momentum i'm like okay do this next to do Mm -hmm. this starting with the mailing list i feel like ready for that 
Um, yeah. But yeah, there's so much. There's so much. And the funding as well, and you, you know, all of that. And what we are very aware of is the creative aspect of it is the most important part because you are an artist and the business side doesn't matter if you're not creating. Exactly. It takes so much sometimes and it's such a different way of thinking. So different. And it's long. Everything takes so long. Advice <laughs> for other artists. I don't know if I have any yet. Yet maybe I will. Oh, maybe the, it depends, you know, um, on the situation. I don't have any sort of overarching ideas because I'm all too ready to take in the advice at this point. What would you like to tell your teenage self? How old? <laughs> uh, let's think 14, 15. 14, God, what an awful age. What an awful age. <laughs> <laughs> Poor sin. No. I think I was very anxious about choices and um, they felt so permanent. I really thought they were and uh, I, I knew sort of um, consciously that oh, there's so much time and you can change your mind and but somewhere it just felt very heavy. I think I'd tell her it's better to stay light about some of these things. There's so much to gain in that. It's not frivolous. You know, recognize the heaviness of some of these choices, sure, and be aware of their consequences. And um, But then then throw it up and play with it a bit. Yeah, I think that's it. Very, <laughs> very beautiful. Local musical heroes. Goodness, I mean, there's so many. Mm-hmm. Um, at the same time, what is a hero? You know, I mean, people that I've listen to a lot and um just a marvel at i guess and um it brings me back to the other question that you were saying at some point was um you know why did i choose to do music because i was just jealous all the time (laughs) (laughs) and the best kind of jealousy though not a kind of envy that wants to take away but a jealousy that's like oh i just i want to do that that thing that that person is doing it's amazing or share in that learn from it so Alice Phoebe Lou is like a big influence to Mama and Kichu also I think we have so much talent here and it's it's so accessible so that was also something sort of coming back like wow it's really awesome that we can just attend and see super talented musicians and we don't have to necessarily book three months in advance yeah Um, but uh, yeah and what we listened to on the way over Oh, goodness, I had my Google Maps, you know, and the thing was shouting at me and my Oppo was such an old phone and it was just freaking out and I couldn't get my Spotify on and I can't think of anything worse. <laughs> it's like, I have to usually stop the car and, you know, sort that out and make sure I've got my music on. And I, you know, I saw this question because you, you had sent it and I thought, oh, well, let's see, you know, let's see what I actually end up listening to. And now I really wasn't listening to anything. <laughs> I love that answer because I love how truthful it is. Okay. Social media handle. I want just one (laughs) that you're most active on, that people can go and find your music and listen. So Instagram Mm -hmm. is the 
I think the go-to and then there's the link tree or it's some other hyper follow thing in all of my my follow links are there so you can find me on any of the streaming platforms or Bandcamp and YouTube so yeah at Senna Marie thank you for coming to chat thank you so much for having me this has been so lovely <laughs> If you are an independent artist whose passion for what you do can inspire or fuel others, get in touch. I'd love to chat. You can find me on shotguntory.com. You've been listening to another production from Solid Gold Podcasts. Thinking hard, tone it down this time. I'll say it right this time. I will avoid the fight. You walk away, walk back again. Call me names, not men. Quiet this time I'm the one to power walk